What is up, everybody? I am your girl, T. This is Not Your Average Podcast in the 716, and we are back. I got some ladies with me today. I'm going to let them introduce themselves because I'm so excited. Like, I've been waiting to do this, and I know we all have. So go ahead, ladies. Robin, we'll yeah, Robin, you can go first. Yeah, we'll we'll do, the, do the round thing. Um, Robin Mundy from Buffalo fan base, been around for about 20 years doing this kind of stuff. Happy to be here. I just love these women. <laughs> I've missed all of you. T and I do a weekly podcast. We're having some fun. It's starting to come together. Uh, it's just good to see you guys. Yeah. Good to see um, you too. I'm, I'm Nautica. I don't have a podcast. I'm just doing this for fun. <laughs> but right now I'm a disgruntled Bills fan, I think you would say. <laughs> but I'm happy you're back. It's been a while since I've seen these ladies and these are so fun. So I'm excited to do this one. Yeah. All right. And I am Sarah Larson. I uh, am a co-host for the Three Man Rush. We are actually rebranding our name right Ooh, now. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So we had three people. It was me, Jerry, and another person. And um, it's now just me and Jerry Ostrowski. So uh, we are going to take out the three and, and decide on something else. Um, we actually released the name this week. No, we, we released the name this week. We're going to do line to gain um, with the Ooh, nice. like Yeah. It. Yep. Very so that's cool. uh we're and we're currently going on Thursday nights, but when this probably when the season starts, we'll we'll move back to it. We'll move to Wednesdays. Um, we find, you know, when we go on Wednesdays, we definitely get more people uh, to tune in. But we do, you know, obviously, you know, the Bills, we do the NFL um, as a whole. But we also dive a lot into college, which has been Sarah, really I fun. Sarah, I watched your senior, senior Bowl one with uh, Jerry the other things a few mm -hmm. weeks ago. And I was really insightful because I don't really watch college football that much. Yeah, and, that, and that's. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're at right now is that, you know, you we don't necessarily have a lot of uh, of college football fans um, because there's no other than UB. I'm not going to yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to put UB down. There's no really good. Yeah, there's no really good, you know, college um, in, in the local area. So a lot of people kind of never really took, um, you know, took shape to it. But uh, unless you were more like central New York, then you probably were a Cuse fan growing up or, um, you know, the Ohio region, obviously Ohio state Buckeyes, yeah. um, oh, no. as you could tell, I love them so much, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, you can catch us on, uh, YouTube, Twitter. Um, and you know, obviously, uh, follow me at Sarah underscore Larson. Cool. 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 Be, sure to, be sure to tag me when you're doing your shows and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll retweet them out. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. For you sure. guys do a great job over there too. So yeah. I, I, I tune in as well. And I don't really do college either, but yeah. de definitely very insightful because um I really don't like when his draft is coming up. I want to know like some guys um I should be you know watching and, and interested yeah. in. But um thank you for that. So let's just get into it because I know we're kind of frustrated as fans, as Bills fans, how that season ended. So let's just talk about. The thoughts from the last game. How do you guys? How you guys felt about that last game? It was a game. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I that's how I feel about it. I mean, like from start to finish, I just felt like we walked into that 
that in that game um just unprepared um emotionally you know physically we weren't physical at all um and we just look they they look like they didn't want to be out there um it, they really didn't and you know it, it sucks to have such a great season filled with so much you know um turmoil and everything come to an end like that yeah. I, you know so i was like i was there sitting like just in other like i i was like what is going on like this isn't the team i've watched all year even though we hadn't looked great the second half of the the season it still wasn't you know what i was expecting so mm-hmm. yeah definitely was in you know shock um and i i walked out of there more i guess uneasy that like i wasn't mad i wasn't sad i was like what the heck just happened and um you know i think one good thing with uh, me doing you know, podcasts and, and getting out there and talking so much is it didn't affect me the same way that it usually does. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I mean, I usually let it drag on for, you know, weeks, the sadness. I, I don't, I wasn't really sad this time. I was just like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I feel like the same way. Like, honestly, I was more like mad. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, the fact that we didn't have any fight at all, it was just very much like, okay, let them walk down the field. Oh, we're just going to punt again. Oh, we're just going to throw it deep every single time. Like, it was it was almost like there was no plan for either either side of the ball. Mm-hmm. It was it was very just, like, unsettling to watch. I'm like, this is what we came up with for the playoff game. We're at home in front of the home fans. This is what like, y'all came up with. But – what really made a man was like defensively, especially. I was like, "Come on! Mm. Like, you, there's got to be some tape you could have watched to try and replicate what other teams did to beat the, to to beat the Bengals, man. Like, it, it seemed like we were just like, okay, we're just gonna play deep zone and make a tackle, which we haven't tackled very well all year. Oh. And then offensively, it it's it's been bubbling up the whole year, basically. Of like, mm-hmm. okay, Josh, make a play. That that was basically our offensive game plan. It really really showed its reared its head in this game where it was just Josh do something or the offense did not move one one bit and honestly this game made me more mad than the 13 seconds because it was like okay Josh had a really good performance our offense is really moving and like you know we could take this in next year this year it's like well where do we go from here like this is they had some fight in them last last season terrible looked like they wanted to be there it was sad to watch and it's like okay so kind of back to square one where how do we fix this you know what i mean so mm-hmm. that, that's kind of my feelings after that game robin yeah uh boy i echo what both of you said uh, very much so it was so strange i couldn't help but feel like what you were both saying about them not wanting to be there it, not mentally being there and it felt like to me there was no energy left. Yeah. That there was no gas left in their tank after what happened to Damar. And there were issues before that. I agree mm-hmm. with what you were saying, Nautica, about well, the whole season, but particularly the last half of the season. But in that last game, it felt like, oh my God, we just have to get through this game and and then we can go to the oh, off season. And that's what it's like, yeah. It it isn't that they didn't want to play. I think it was that they couldn't. Honestly, I think they were just mentally 
exhausted. And I don't have any other explanation for that. That's that's what it looked like to me. And as far as the game plan, it may have been the coaches too, Nautica. Like you said, the game plan looked like what? You know, what are we doing here? Yeah. And then I have to ask myself, because I saw this with Josh at Wyoming, his history of taking matters into his own hands. And if things aren't going well, then he gets frustrated and then he's throwing the ball down the field instead of looking for something that's, you know, a little shorter. Trying uh, to win the game on one play. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, you saw some of that. But I, I'm struck by what you both described feeling after the game. I'm so interested in, in what both of you had to say because it was the oddest feeling. I don't know that I've had a feeling like that. And I'm old, okay? I've been around for a lot of both seasons. <laughs> and seriously, though, you guys, I mean, going back to like the 70s, the 60s, I, I don't ever remember a season ending with a team that was 13 and 3 and went into the playoffs, just like you were saying, Nautica, you know, they're at home, they get, you know, they got all this stuff going, and then all of a sudden they just lay an egg. Flat. Flat, totally, completely flat. And so the only explanation to me is that there was no mental gas left in in their tanks, and they just were out there, you know, yeah, the plays. I mean, like Sean McDermott said, or, or Brandon Bean, one of them said, your last game, is it tells you a lot. And from that last game, I, I'm with you, Sarah. I was I I take on wins and losses crazy. My wife will even attest to this. She won't even talk to me because she knows I'm like, if we <laughs> lose, I'm I'm upset. Just give me a minute. Give me a day. Um so it was it was frustrating as a fan to watch your team just lay a freaking egg. And like um Dick said after week nine, after game nine, week nine, whatever the case may be. They just didn't have it. It was a struggle. The offense struggled. Like the first few few games that we've seen, that offense was clicking. And then it just went to After the bye week, bro. It, it hit the bed. Yeah. It was just like it was as a as a fan watching that offense, you looked at it and said, Why does it look so hard for them to score? Yep. Every team was coming down, boom, boom, boom. Like, okay, well, we're still where's yeah, but where's the third? You're like, they put up thirty, like really? Because it looked like it was only ten, you know, because it looked like they struggled every time to get a first down. To you know, you brung other players back because your offense was stagnant. It says a lot. It says a lot. So I think um, what it reminded me a little bit of um, the Houston playoff game a couple years ago. Yes, I was at such a high. At mm-hmm. halftime, um, cautious, but still at such a high. I think it was like 16 to zero or something. Yeah. Um, and to come out and to just look like we had ar- like they had already thought they won the game. I, yeah. And I think it was a little opposite with this one. I feel like they went into the game kind of already feeling like they had lost it. Yes. And, and maybe it's because mm-hmm. it was against Cincinnati and we're going, th- you know, there was a lot of that mental of, you know, this is a team that you know, that caused us this strife at the end of the season. Not that they physically caused the strife, but, you know, this is who we were playing against. You know, I had kind of thought, thank God it's not in Cincinnati because what what we would have to go through with that, you know. um, On the same field? Yeah, but it was just being, I think, being on the same field with the same team. Uh, Like, we, I, I feel like 
from the first snap, we just didn't look like we we wanted to be out there. And also, like, like if you look at Cincinnati, how much motivation they had to to win because of the it was dumb motivation, but the, the no, it's self. Built. It was self manufactured well, yeah, motivation. Like I don't believe in any is, of that it, crap. It worked. It worked yeah. for them because they they got oh, yeah. and just like the crap out of us. So. Yeah, just like Kansas City coming out right after when they win the Super Bowl and you like, got no Kelsey. No, no on. one believed in us. No one believed in us. No one believed we were going to be here. Boom, flipping crap. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Who in the world Some, said that at any point in time? That, Why? Because Buffalo was, you know, was sl- slotted by um, by Vegas to win the Super Bowl. I hate that. I hate that. Stop predicting that the Bills are the Super Bowl like paper champions. Like stop. Like I and I hate going into this season again. The Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl um, favorites. Stop. It's like the Chargers. Like yeah. everybody picks the Chargers. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Now we're. I think we're third on the list right yeah. now. I think good. We can uh, be on the bottom. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good with it. Just put us on know, the bottom. I think we 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 all like like that underdog. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I think they like it too because sometimes yeah. they play better as being that. I mean, but at some yeah. point you have to flip that page. You can't yeah. always be the underdog. You yeah, have that, Josh Allen. You have Stefan Diggs. Like. Season. That mindset hunted. has to we're change. Yeah, we are definitely the hunted now. And and part of yes. that makes me think a couple of years ago in 2020, one of Josh's like, I mean, it was when he came out of his shell. It was like, you know, the most amazing turn of turn of events from 2019 to 2020, yeah. the way he went yeah. out there and played. He was also not playing in front of a crowd for right. most of the season because it was COVID. So yeah. I wondered if it right. if it allowed him to come out of his shell. And now it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we all tend to say he does his best sometimes when it's prime time in front of all the, the cameras. But that's also when the most pressure's on you. So if all right. of a sudden the team's not looking good, you're going to look like crap because you're trying to put everything on your shoulders. And, Absolutely. you know, he and did also say. also with this team is he, it's kind of how it has to be for yeah. this team to win games is he has to put everything on his shoulders and just be Superman and just get us down the field and score, which is, I I have a big issue with for the office. Okay. So this is my second question going forward. What do you think the bills need to do to move out of that divisional round? Because we've, there's two, we've done it twice already. So what do you guys think that they need to do moving forward? Well, I'll start. Anybody can go first. I'll, I'll go first here because it brings up one of my questions for all of you. <laughs> and we might as well get it all out on the line, right? And Nautica, you know this is coming. Uh, the offensive line. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I want to talk for a moment about the offensive line in terms of what do we do moving forward this season? I have question marks. I'm going to go over each position and just ask you guys. I'm not comfortable with Deion Dawkins at left tackle anymore. I think that it would be really a good time to move him inside if we are going to eat. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think you I don't no. think I'll do that, but <laughs> okay. keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No, keep going. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm in favor of considering that. Okay. Left guard is a complete mystery to me at this point. I don't know who's going to go. I think we move Bates back over to left guard. 
Yeah, I okay, because I have him for right guard. So center. No, I move him over, yeah. Center, Mitch Moore's not getting any younger, big concussion history. I think it's very important that we draft his replacement and that that replacement, usually you'll see when a player is drafted, like I remember when Eric Wood was drafted, they don't immediately go to center because that's a difficult position. They'll, they'll start out at guard. So if we drafted somebody that we intend to have take Morris's place, then we could possibly have an extra guard there for the, for, you know, filling the left guard, left right guard, or right guard for this year. But Morse beyond this year for me is a real question mark because of his age and his concussion history. And I had Bates at right guard. So I don't know, you know, where, where that's He's more comfortable at left guard. We moved him over when we drafted, uh, not drafted, excuse me, when we Robbie traded Saffold. for, um, when we uh, got Saffold out of free agency last well, year. Gotcha. So they so moved what him I would do is uh, take your idea, Robin, and like draft somebody to replace Mitch Morris, but mm -hmm. then put them at left guard for right now. No, I would put They're him at right guard. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Bates is good at left guard at all. And um, and uh, excuse me, at right guard, I don't think Bates is good at right guard. And maybe that's a little bit because Spencer Brown had it down here. Um, so you yeah. put Bates at left guard then? That's what. Yeah, I, I would put Bates at left guard. So where does Tommy Doyle fit in all of this? Hold he's on, back, he's back let up. Me, let me finish. Okay. Let me finish where I'm going across the line here. Um, Yes. Okay. Right guard, right tackle. Spencer Brown, I'm in complete agreement, had a rough year. Okay. I have a lot of question marks about whether or not he's going to be, he's got a bad back for one thing, but he needs to be able to improve his technique. And I don't know if that, I don't know if he's a settled person at right tackle. So I do think the bills are going to need to draft a tackle in the upcoming draft and, and, and a guard that may move to center um, at, at the very least, and then maybe add with free agency. Okay. That's, that's where I'm at. So you guys think that it's heresy to move Dawkins inside? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't move. That's, that's Josh's trust point right there at the left tackle. So it's true. It's true. He it's, definitely has to get better, but I, I wouldn't move him. I, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's more, and, and I got crucified when I said this the other day, um, I thought, Sa I thought Saffold had such a down year that I actually, that I actually think it made Dawkins look bad. Yeah. So, I, and, and, you know, same thing on, on the other side, um, Bates, you know, made a comment that, you know, it's, he, even though he's played multiple positions on the line, it was very difficult because you're, your movement, right. your the way you're going is well, is Fina all flipped. The same thing with yeah, the, and with I was, forward. and that's what I was just gonna say. Mm -hmm. So, um, one of the great things about getting to pick Jerry Ostrowski's brain all the time is mm -hmm. yes. whether or not you know what he thinks is is wrong with you know with the line and um everything. He and Fina both think that um Spencer Brown it might be his back that you know, made him have such a bad year. So I'm hoping with the rest and, you know, he had the surgery and him coming off of all that, he's going to be better. Now that's not saying that I don't think we should draft somebody, no, but yeah. I, I think that right guard mm -hmm. is where we should be drafting. And yeah. there are a couple of people who have played right guard and, and center that are going into this draft. 
um, which I think would be perfect because like Robin was saying, you get somebody in for the guard position and then, Move you know, this. there's a couple of, you know, a couple of people say that, that Morris might, you know, retire, or mm -hmm. if he doesn't retire, he could be on the trade block, you know, yeah. like, could be. The, yeah. I mean, the amount of money we can save, I think it's like six or $7 million, yes. you yes. know, so um, and, and and we're strapped and that's definitely a consideration. Yeah. I wanted to ask you because you brought it up T because um, I have a question about and wonder what you guys think about Tommy Doyle. I think he's a great backup. Yeah. I think he's, he, he's coming yeah. off an of ACL, right? Injury. So, so I don't think, yeah. So, I mean, I think he's a great backup too. I was just wondering where he fits in all of this and I know he's, he's not a, yeah, he's a starter. Dion's, technically yeah. he's Dion's backup. Right. Right. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Okay. For my thing is the offensive line. I I'm all on them protect Josh Allen this year at all costs. He he needs it. Like that's our franchise guy. Like look at KC. Like 2020. Oh, they great got, point. They got blown up every which way by the Buccaneers defensive line, and then mm -hmm. they completely revamped their offensive line, and he didn't get sacked once in the Super Bowl. So from right. and that defense was top five, top three. Yeah, they were, and they didn't even get. They really didn't even get to him. No, like. I mean, they got him off his spot. Don't get me wrong. They ran him down. The one-legged man but, ran. But it's, but it's but, so it doesn't matter. But, exactly. So, yeah. for me, um, I think this offensive line has really been a big disappointment this year. We all kind of were like, oh, we got Roger Saffold. This is going to be great. Like, we have Aaron Comer back. We this had, is going to be really good. We had two starters come from another team. <laughs> yeah. And one was – Still didn't was, do anything. No, no, and one in Questenberry was basically coming in as, you know, as the second string. And still not, you know, doing things. Oh but God. I think that that's, that's one thing that I want us to look at in the off season on offensive line and defensive line. I am I a little tired of the, I'm a little tired of the rotating. I yes. think we do it way too much. Especially I like young guys. We have so many young defensive, yeah. defensive line people. Like I thought it was smart in the beginning. I'm like, oh, they're never going to be tired. But they're also never going to get into rhythm. And yeah. I don't feel like, and, and we're moving, not only are they coming in and out of the game, not, but not even from the same position. Sometimes they're coming in and out of the game and they're rotating on the line themselves, yeah. you know, because, you know, Bates will come in and, um, you know, he'll be at right guard, but then all of a sudden, you know, Saffold goes out and all they need to move Bates over to like, it's crazy yeah. how much rotating they, they did throughout the, the year. And granted we weren't healthy. So that's why we had a lot of that. But um, I think that we need to kind of establish who are going to be our starting five, and hopefully stay healthy enough to keep that. And he will never say who the starting five is. Like, it's this big old secret. Oh, I know. It's, it's like, it's ridiculous. It really is. And, you know, one thing I am really tired of, I'm really tired of chasing Kansas City. I'm so tired of us always. No, chasing Kansas City either. We're chasing the Bengals, too. Yeah, them, too. Now, them, too. So, I mean, people are saying the window is closed. I mean, it's, it's I the AFC no. is no. getting tight. It's getting tight. I mean, it's not closed, but people are catching up. Josh Allen, it's not closed. It, it's not. Yeah. But and it's then, definitely getting – they're getting closer. Miami yeah. is there. Freaking – the Jets only need one quarterback, and they're in it. And someone said if if Rodgers go there, swear, the Jets are over us. And I'm like, all right, dude, calm down a little bit. You're getting a little crazy right now. <laughs> but, I mean, just chill because, I mean, the, they're a dumpster the fire. For the offensive line part of it, I don't like Spencer Brown. Like, he, I, I but he, but sure. his rookie season, he was fine. But he, well, it like, has to be. You, but if you get a fast guy over yes. there, like, like if how many times have Melvin Gordon just run around and 
Yeah. Like, yeah. One game in. It was he doesn't sad. have, yeah, he's not, his feet are not. For, even for even Fina said his feet, yeah, his feet, he's sad. like, he, when I watch him, I just want to scream. And I'm just like, I'm with you, Fina. And I don't really, you know, I'm with you. <laughs> but for, for draft purposes, I would draft, I think I would draft, um, Spencer Brown's appointment for, for I don't know, I watch a lot of college football, but I do watch Tennessee Bulls because my cousin's husband is a big Tennessee Bulls fan. And he was telling me about Darnell Wright, who is there. Right oh, now, yeah. Who mm-hmm. has been a big name, I think, been brought up with especially with the Buffalo Bills. So I like him a lot, but they just have to be better. Like, I don't know if it's coaching or, or what it is. That's a good question. Do you think Brandon B knows? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> No, I, I was going to say, um, we all we all talk about, you know, Josh's decision here and there. And, you know, is it the, is it the coordinators at this point? Because, you know, is Josh able to audible if he doesn't like the play? Is he able to to change it up? And if the play, you know, you have a, your first read and your second read and and whatnot. But what if both of those aren't aren't available? And, you know, and then he looks like a mess because he's going you know, for, you know, the, the quick, the quick out at that Mm -hmm. moment. So I'm wondering, you know, if they're giving him the opportunity to audible and if, so is it on him or is it the, the fact that, um, you know, and, and I'm going to defend, you know, Dorsey to a certain extent, but I am not giving him a a blank check, you know, like, um, I feel like I watched um, a, a conversation with a, a couple of players that said that the offense is actually a very difficult, complicated yep. offense. Mm-hmm. You could have fooled all of us because we're looking out there like, where the heck are, you know, the misdirections and where yes. the heck. There's are, no movement you know, anymore. There's there's how, nothing. How, how many times in a game do you like watch replay and you would see Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKinney saying in the exact same spot or it'd be Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox like in the exact same spot. It's like, why are you both? In the same area. Actually, it was that touchdown. Yeah, it was a touchdown in the end zone. And I was like, okay, Isaiah McKinsey's right there. He's like, what? Okay, what? Yeah. what's going on here? And the same thing with Cooks. Um, you know, with uh, with Cook. At mm-hmm. one point, I was like, he looks so confused. I, and I, I had several podcasts where I was like, stop throwing him the ball. Let him <laughs> run the ball. Stop throwing it to him. Because, yeah. you know, and then it was the... But are, are they not being creative enough with giving the... Because a lot of times they'd have like give him a little screen pass and they'd have Isaiah McKenzie out there blocking for him. Like Isaiah McKenzie's gonna block anybody. Right. And it wouldn't work. So I'm like, what is that that's not a it was game. either I think it was the Cleveland game, but it was in Detroit. Um where the first quarter, if you guys ever have a chance to go back and watch, oh, I was I, I was close enough. <laughs> I was close enough to like see Josh yelling at Cook like, no, go here, go here, go oh, and Cook is wow. like like he was so confused. And like this is what week ten, week eleven, like oh, it wow. was so far into the season that I'm like, how can be that confused? But something, the next game, I think it was the Detroit game. They started instead of they started running the ball more with mm-hmm. him, and it was like they he, he off? looked like how many catches did he have? That he a lot of catches that game. And then all of a sudden he's running the ball and thinking about catching it seems to be like a non-issue. <laughs> and all of a sudden he's catching the ball like it's nothing. Right. But it was. Not it didn't seem like they were schemed up in a certain way. It was more just like snap the ball. Okay, you're gonna get the ball, so you better turn around and get and catch it. <laughs> like it it wasn't like you know again no misdirection. You know like no 
um, no, no creativity at all, no creativity and how they're lined up and where like, so it seemed like all of a sudden they went to be more of a vanilla type of offense to get him going, but he did get going. But then it's, 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 I feel like we never kind of went back. Like Mm -hmm. we never added more pieces. the Bears game where him and him and uh, Singletary like both almost at a hundred. Yeah, yards. that was yeah. a beautiful game. And I mean, and it was also against the Bears too. So <laughs> I get that. But, but it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, I so do like what you said biggest, though, that's because Naeem Hines said it too that the oh, playbook was very difficult. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So is is mean, that issue too where the, the playbook is too complicated? The players don't even know what's going on. Like they, well, I mean, they, new, players, new players, you have players that, that have studied it since the off season, which I'm yeah. sure are fine with it. But then you have first year players coming in rookies who've never had that, co- that complicated of a, you know, playbook mm-hmm. and, you know, um, a first year play caller. So it's kind of like yeah. everything coming together. My, but my biggest thing, and that's what I've been kind of going back and forth. Are these Josh's mistakes where he's throwing the ball and it looks terrible, um, you know, or to, he's completely ignoring a wide open wide receiver and, and trying to shove it into somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or is it because the play called for that and he's not able to, to audible, audible. And, and go for the, you know, um, go for what he sees. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It is a good, it, th- those are good fair question. questions in terms of Josh, because we saw this with him at Wyoming mm-hmm. in terms of sometimes getting too aggressive and changing the play doing, you know, doing basically whatever he sees fit on the field. And sometimes that, you know, that can be a problem. You have to wonder, there's a little relationship change that happens when you go from being, you know, one position as an advisor, quarterback coach to OC and how that relationship with Josh, how did that change? How did that evolve? Mm-hmm. You have to wonder, and 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 I think that that what Sarah said those those are fair questions, and we have to we don't know the answer to that in terms of is it audible or is it you know is it Josh out there doing Josh things? Let me but, ask you, do you think he should be on the field? Who Ken, Dorsey? Ken, Ken Dorsey? Oh, Dorsey on the on the field. I've, mm, I mean, I'm, I think that. I think mentally it might help Josh, but mm-hmm. I also think that that from from an offensive coordinator, like you could you see, see the better. field, yes, the field right. better. I only like say that just to reel Josh in sometimes because I personally think sometimes when Josh is having these moments, um, someone needs to sit him down and say, "Bro, you well, cannot continue to do this." Like there's games out there, you just like, dude, take the check down. Stop throwing the ball. I mean, I guess that um, was it. What was it? Um, the Miami game frustrated me. They were sending their mom, the kitchen sink, the babies. Everybody was coming. And Josh continued to throw the ball. And I don't know if it was called for that, throwing the ball deep every I, single I time. The, the, and I think that was the, the plan. The cover zero is. Right. Exactly. We're, we're going to try and like the. The point is to make a quick decision. Absolutely. But also it's like hopefully we can get to him fast enough where he can't throw the ball down the field that much because you're just right. single coverage. But it just it just frustrated me. That game so, frustrated me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. Anybody else have a question? Because I'm done with my two. So you guys I, just... I have a question for this is more of a coaching um question between Dorsey and uh Frazier. For me, this offseason, I, I was after the game, I'm like, 
fire everybody. I don't want a single <laughs> coach on this team anymore. I was so, <laughs> but for I've kind of calmed down, and I, I think give Dorsey another year. Hope I mean if he doesn't come up with an actual game plan and like scheme people like. The Stefan Diggs thing annoyed me. Like, I, I get why he was angry, and I don't think he's a diva at all. I think that I, I would be angry. No. But, but you watch other teams scheme their number one receiver open. And a lot of the times during the games, he would get he would have really good first half and then disappear. The defense would adjust, and the offense wouldn't adjust, so then he couldn't get the ball anymore. And I feel like that's an issue with the – the coaching and the play, call. but I don't even know if it's that Nautica because I go I go back and watch some of the games and dig digs is open. It's yeah. just point blank. It's like it's not. It's sometimes yes he's double teamed, but sometimes he's just open and Josh is not throwing him the ball. Yeah, it's just, but I don't think it's Josh not wanting to throw him the ball. Right, and, I mean, and that would make no sense. Right, and I'm just like, <laughs> what what's going on here? Why are you yeah. not? Your number one wide receiver, and you're just like dismissing him. Like, so I think I think that what we all complain about about trying to spread the ball out a little bit mm-hmm. sometimes gets into everyone's head. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. I think that there should Dig should be not he should be targeted at least ten times a game. Mm-hmm. You know, Gabe Davis being our number two should be targeted at least seven eight times a game. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox, be, yeah. you know, especially with the money we paid him, should yeah. be targeted at least six times a game. Like it is, if we're if we're throwing the ball, throw it to 20, your guys. You know if mean? we're like, throwing it twenty five to thirty times a game, there is no reason why these guys should not be getting their targets instead okay. of targeting. No offense, but you know, McKenzie, right. and you know, <laughs> like we, you know, or even just the running backs who weren't mm-hmm. catching the ball the way that they should out of the backfield. Stop mm-hmm. giving them your reps. Give yeah. you know, give the targets to the people who you're paying to be, you know, top to be dollar. Absolutely, I completely agree with everything you guys are saying. And the only thing I can add about Stefan Diggs is, I'm with you. I, I I don't like people labeling him a diva because I don't think that's what he's all about. There are wide receivers who are divas, but. Stefan Diggs is not one of them. He's supposed to win like everybody else. He, exactly. it, he says exactly what he feels. Yeah. And I think it's important to listen to him because he's going to give you more of a straight scoop in terms of what's going on with the team than Josh is going to give you coach speak. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, Stefan doesn't give you coach speak. And I but like- that's why it's very unnerving for me because yeah. of the Super Bowl. Not so much comments, but you know, having just letting us into his his mind to where it used to be the bromance of Josh and that's my guy. It was none of that talks. Mm. So I know n- nothing is probably going to come from this, but it was just uneasy for me to see. Like people are like, he's going to be traded. He wants to play with his brother. I need his brother to calm down. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. I mean, Buffalo Bills player. He's on the Bills. Um, Diggs, what's the name? Trayvon. Yeah, chill out. Chill out. Diggs is here. I need you to chill. <laughs> like we don't need to lose this guy. I mean, we already probably going to lose Poyer and I don't, Tremaine. I just ah, I don't know what's going on. But I mean, Diggs is here. So the comments that he had was just a little bit uneasy for me as a fan. Yeah, and then for for defensive for me, I 
I like Leslie Frazier. I think he's a great defensive coordinator, but man, you cannot keep doing what you're like. You cannot. It's third and one, and you have Tredavious White ten yards away from Jamar Chase. Like that cannot be the call. Like I wouldn't have been mad if he was fired. I'll just say that. Yeah. No, I and I was actually, you know, I was okay with keeping Dorsey for another year. You know, again, he's never, it's not like he's a first year OC for the Bills. He's a first year OC, period. period. Right. So, you know, first year, but he wanted him gone too, and it turned out. Yeah. Fun, so. I mean, and exactly in 2019, we were all screaming, fire Dable, fire That's Dable, true. fire Dable. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but with Frazier, I feel like it's the same thing every year. And I am so tired of the this whole prevent defense and, oh. you know, Let's let's give them, you know, let's give, 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 give and just make sure they don't get in the end zone. I hate that mindset. I absolutely hate it because if our offense can't do something, then they're right back out on the field again. And Sarah, don't you think it's also um, Sean McDermott too defense? Well. And I mean, that's it's, my it's and that's mixture. my question. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's my biggest question, and I keep on asking it: Is this really, you know, Sean McDermott's um, defense, or is it Leslie Frazier's? Yeah. And well, you know, there was who's... a point I think in 2020 where the defense was really bad, and then Sean McDermott took over the defense. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah. He took over play calling duties, and it turned out a little better. So I, I don't know if he's like, okay, Leslie, just do what you need to do. But at the same time, I, I think it comes to a point where it's been five years and the defense in the playoffs especially just just falls apart and it becomes a point where you can't teach an old dog new tricks and you gotta get it's it's gotta be better because we're gonna be losing Jordan Poyer. I, I think he's he's definitely gone. You're you're I I think they pay Tremaine Edmonds, I really do because he's so important to that defense. But you're gonna well, get Micah Hyde back not his comments what. he had. Yeah but you had to go and read the article and, and, and he's you don't know what's happening with the neck injury. The, the defensive line, I think, is terrible. And then the defensive line coach, I think, needs to go. Eric Washington, he, you're you're trash, in my opinion. But and so I I think we need a new a new mind in that defensive room to change something that because you, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting new results. It's the yeah. definition of insanity. So absolutely. Well, that's the thing that I've that's frustrated me with this defense is. Especially they went out and got Vaughn and then like I felt like never effectively, you know, had any type of effective pass pass rush still. It's more like, okay, we're going to send two or three and, you know, if someone gets there, someone gets there. And that's why a lot of people make comments about our defensive tackles not you know, not getting sacks and stuff like that. Well, they're not schemed to get sacks. No, they're, they're not They're You know, if it happens, it happens, uh-huh. you know, cause they have the opening, but there, it's not like a, an Aaron Darnold, you know, who is um, going out there. And even though he's a defensive tackle, they are scheming him to, you know, to, to shed that, and you Chris know, Jones, um, the Chris offensive Jones line, Chris Jones too. So things like that, like, I, I feel like, you know, whoever's, whoever is, di- calling the plays um and and kind of scheming them up um needs to change and leslie frazier maybe he's he would be the scapegoat if it is sean mcdermott's you know defense but i just feel like after four or five years you know we can be great all season long and then the second we get into the the um the playoffs what becomes a glaring reality is this blend, you know, this bend but don't break type of defense? Guess what? If you break, 
there's no coming back next week. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that, you know, they get so mm-hmm. used to it all year long, but then the, the playoffs come along. And, you know, if you can't have um, – if you if your defense isn't doing what it has all year, but guess what? Now the, the offense is struggling, and it's a perfect storm of also, everything going the, wrong. Just in the playoffs, you're not playing Mac Jones twice a year. You're not going to play Zach – you're playing Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, like these – great quarterbacks so you play this like soft shell just like don't let them get deep behind you they're gonna pick you apart and just score every time so you, it's got to be be different and then well, well we we also seen it in the super bowl to where the defense was you wasn't even there these guys went yeah. down the field like it was nothing so if you're not going to really concentrate on the defense then you better have some weapons for josh allen so yeah, if you're, if you're done right if you're done with this defense per se then get weapons for Josh so where he can stay in the game because 10 points the last game was bull. We didn't score 10 points, and I don't know. I mean, did we our score lowest 10 was Our lowest was 17 against the, the right. Jets. So we scored 10 points in a playoff game. That that can't happen. Now go out and get him some weapons now because you spend a lot of money on that defense, and that, and that last game they didn't show up. I mean, nobody showed up, but, you know. And, and it, honestly, I think that if we're going to, you know, look, everyone's looking at free agency for wide receiver. I don't think that that's where we should be looking. I think that we should be looking at a trade, someone who's probably on their rookie contract, yep. and then also draft somebody. So then you have Absolutely. two people coming in. Um, that's, you know, have Davis prove that he's a number two, a consistent number two. A consistent. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I think he's a three or a four, more four than anything. I think he's a four. I think he should be coming in and spelling whoever, you know, who is, you know, the second wide receiver. And when we have four wide receivers out there, he's out there. Because his best season was what? When he was, when it was Sanders, uh, Diggs, Beasley. Beasley. And he was a four. And he had a good season. So you put him, you jumped him from two. And it showed that he wasn't, he wasn't that guy. I'm all for trading Ed Oliver for a, a good weapon because, in my opinion, Ed Oliver. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, and I, I mean, I know I've said it twice this week on on several podcasts already. So yeah, I, I'm. Um, it's one thing that I've been saying for for weeks now, for, um, probably months, probably towards the um the end of December is when I started saying it. I'm like his, he's guaranteed ten million plus with his um fifth year option. It is definitely a good uh, good chance that he is he is let go, um, not let go, but excuse me, traded. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, who do you trade for? You know, and they're talking defense. You know, it's either I've, I've to heard me. I've heard DeAndre Hopkins for. I, I don't like DeAndre which, Hopkins, um, I, and I I, mean, I put this on Twitter game. yesterday. His his contract for a thirty one year old um, is high, isn't it? It is high. It is uh, 15, no, excuse me, 16, five, um, one year and 19, the next. So um, I I don't like it. He's going to be 31. um, If he's not already 31, he's either 31 now and turning or turning 31. But, and granted, I know how old Diggs is. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the thing is, is that, you know, to me, it's a very messy contract um, because we're going to have to, no one's going to give us Hopkins for just Oliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you're, you're talking, you're trading picks and Oliver and taking on 
if you t look at the difference, another $10 million in, in salary cap, um, you know, Brandon Cook is the uh, Cooks is the same way. And I tweeted, you know, because someone asked the question yesterday and I and I had replied, Brandon Cooks is the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, his his I've heard contract. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's name. I don't know if I would feel about that. He's seems kind of injury prone. He like, he does seem injury prone. Yeah. But not even that. We had a guy on the roster and you let him sit. Um, Isaiah. Isaiah. No, no, no. I think no. Hodgins. I, I think Hodgins. No, that's my thing. He no, does, he didn't stand a chance getting on the field with this team. They all were like, no, Giants like, gave him a chance, and he was the only one out there that could catch the ball. Yes, so. no, for sure. Being overblown with the okay. Giants thing, he he is an what they don't have any wide receivers, so he's still the option. He all got right. he got signed to a one year extension with the Giants. Yeah, he did. Yep. I I was intrigued by the fact that he got the he got a minimum. Yeah, yeah, well, and only one year. In no. only one year, yeah. so that they're still not sure if yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's going to be out there and he's than, the guy. Yeah. But um, they're losing. I think the Giants are losing two of their um, wide receivers um, to free agency. Whether or not they try to bring him back is a is whole Sterling Shepard. Um, Sterling is his I, name Sterling Shepard? No, yeah. um, no, not, I can't think off the top of okay. my head who the two were. No, um, they don't yeah, have very but, good receivers, so. but they're they're all you'd be like who who but yeah they're they're <laughs> like number one and number two wide receivers that are also you know leaving for free agency so um well you know we'll see how that plays out but I honestly you know I like um Jerry Judy uh, is oh. is an option but now oh. that that Denver is going through a complete overhaul with everything there's no way they're gonna let him go not on his and not on his rookie contract right. um because you know cuz they're thinking that they can fix uh you know Wilson and and fix that offense so uh <laughs> there's absolutely no chance they'll let him go now so yeah you have to look at someone who's again hopefully on their rookie contract that maybe hasn't shown everything um that, that the team wants to see or the team is just not as good as they wanted to be um, and they have, you know, they have to make some, some pieces move. So uh -huh. that's the only thing that I think that we can hope for, um, is to get a, a, a wide receiver on a rookie contract. My thing is, is drafting a wide receiver. I really like Jalen Hyatt. I've seen, um, see, I, I'm not a huge fan of Hyatt, especially not in the first. I know you watch Tennessee a lot. I feel like, I feel like Tennessee has that, that offense that, whoever was playing wide receiver would look ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I just kind of have that offense. Yeah. And um, who was, um, who's the other wide receiver for Tennessee? Uh, I can't think of his name, but he went down with an injury. So Hyatt was pretty much the only yeah, one. Yeah. I, I can't remember his name either. It's gonna bother yeah. Me, so but... he was pretty much the only one that came out, um, you know, to actually play well, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, it makes Jordan, me a little. Jordan Addison is another one I've seen. Like he might not be there though for us. Yeah, so they, he uh, might be taken like right before. But in my they're opinion, saying I'd Jordan like Addison will probably get p picked before we have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually like more mid round guys. I I, I kind of want to do our offense. Um, our offensive line with our first pick. It's not sexy at all. Um, but it is for the bills. <laughs> it is for the bills. Right. And in my opinion, <laughs> there is only two or three wide receivers worth taking in the first round. If they're gone, do not stretch. Now, if Johnston from, T uh, from TCU is available, Quentin Johnston, I say throw everything in even like if he's available at 21, move up, 
because he is going to be one of those wide receivers, in my opinion, that is going to make a big a big difference. But the problem um, is, even if we draft somebody, do you think our trauma there will play them? Well, that, because, I mean, that's a question, you know, like, what are they, you know, what are they seeing that we don't, what are they seeing that we don't, you know? So, um, but a name to watch out for is, um, in my opinion, fourth, fifth round is, uh, Xavier Hutchinson. I oh, really, yeah. really, I really for like him. him. Um, and so, and he'll be, you know, from, I always say he, he'll be there probably a little bit later on. I think he could probably gain 10 pounds. He's a little, he's a little lengthy for me. Um, <laughs> makes me feel like he's going to break an app. Um, I mean, he's no, like, like six, he's him? like six, What's two, like... six, three, but he's only like two ten. Like, oh, so, wow. you yeah. know, but and so if he, wow. I think that no, he's young, he probably just is a late bloomer. Probably but what, what, ama- what amazes me and even seeing him at the senior bowl and everything is his route running is just ridiculous. Really? Good. Yeah. Good. It's, good. It reminds me a lot of how good Diggs is um, with route running. So, um, I, you know, I look forward to it now, you know, we tend to want these small little, you know, teeny weeny little speed guys. I don't think we're going to find a Tyreek Hill in in this draft so i don't think we should pretend I want a that big we're gonna wide receiver i don't want i want a big receiver. one too yeah. thank you so yeah. <laughs> i want the... Diggs, who's not there, who's not i need there. i need josh i need a 50 50 ball type of wide receiver yep that's what yep. i want i don't want and, these uh, little guys no more yeah if and i think that there's a couple Robinson, i'm gonna be really upset i wouldn't be Bijan's another he... one if he's there at 27 <sighs> i would not be upset we gotta have a draft show, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that if Bijan's there at twenty-seven, that's also another person like you. You say like, yes he, to. Get, he's he's a great talent, but like another. There's no guarantee that we're back. gonna keep Hines. That six, is, I think it's like right. a six, like a six million dollar. It is, but it's like a six it's million contract. dollar save. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's now I I want us to keep him. I yes, want us yeah. to keep him. I think not mm. only can he be the second, you know, back. But he could also, you know, obviously do all of our turns and everything else. And we won't have um, to worry about that. You know, well, we all we we need to make sure that the you know that they that they scheme him in somehow because they yes. obviously didn't play him and utilize him the way he should. And be. they spoke about that in their last press conference, which they didn't. They said they didn't utilize his talent and you know utilize him in the offense too much this year, which was crazy. And that tells that goes back to the playbook and being uh, a compliment. Uh, uh, a difficult playbook to uh, to grasp, I guess. So, I mean, we it's a lot of potential, apparently. We got a lot of potential and a lot of thinking that we have to do in the offseason. And again, like I said, we might have to have a draft show because you girls, you ladies, not girls, women, know a lot <laughs> about players. And me and Robin is just taking it in, and I love it. I got <laughs> some – I do have some players, though, that I might have to um, give to you, Sarah, and um, – See where you're at on these players that I pick because I got some old linemen. I have no idea, and and Robin knows I got a guy that also helps me out as well. Um, My thing is just get job all the weapons in the world. I don't really care. Absolutely. So but, I will just say right off the top, there was um, a couple of uh, offensive linemen that I think that we would we would love to see. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a center, uh, John uh, John Michael Schmidt. He's he was ridiculous at the Senior Bowl. Um, who else? Cody Mouch. He's a toothless oh, yeah, wonder. Toothless wonder. <laughs> uh, toothless wonder. He no. He has no no front teeth. Um, red oh, hair, oh, long right. red hair. Um, he was he played at a smaller school. He played at North Dakota State. So 
Um, mm. Definitely a smaller school, but intriguingly, like I got to talk to talk to him, and out of everyone I spoke with, he was the most easygoing. Like he really? just acted like he he didn't care that there was cameras in his face, that there was you know everyone had a cell phone like underneath his his chin, and you know mm-hmm. list, trying to you know record what he was saying. He just talked like he had spoken to the media for years, um, which was one of the cool things about, uh, you know, being at the senior bowl and having the media credentials and, you know, getting an opportunity to talk to some of the, some of the guys, um, he will be very intriguing as well. Um, the last person give me one, one second, Mm -hmm. sorry, my mom's, (laughs) my mom's cat is being annoying. Um, the, uh, Osiris, uh, Torrance from from Florida. Yes. I, I spoke with him and he he joked a lot about, you know, his weight and this and that and what he likes to eat. It was just it was an entertaining <laughs> conversation, but I didn't know much about him other than the fact that he played on a team that I can't stand the Florida Gators. Um, so it was, you know, intriguing to talk to him. But, um, you know, in a non cocky type of way, he had mentioned that he had never let up one sack in all of co- like in his whole college career and over it's over 3000 snaps. Oh, not wow. One stack. So That's what's up? Yeah. You need so, somebody like that. We do. We do. And we need, so. listen, let's just be honest. We need some dogs. I'm, uh-huh. I'm sick I'm and tired nice guys. or <laughs> nice guys, whatever. I want some mean mother brokers in the, yeah. in our, <laughs> and I freaking come on. I'm tired of the Mr. Nice guy. I need, I need a Daquan Jones. I do like that. That they brought here. I need somebody like that. Like we are, I think we are fans tired of this nice guy mentality. We need some dogs in there. So yeah. like I said, we gotta do this again because I think is everybody done with their questions? Did anybody have any more? I'm good with my yeah, questions. I'm okay. good. All right, awesome. We gotta do this again because you guys are I'm writing stuff down and and <laughs> I'm gonna give Sarah's names down. Yeah, no, I got I, I have some drafts. Here that I'm gonna talk to Sarah. I'm gonna throw some stuff to her and see how she feels about this one guy that I got on here. Um, but yeah, I love doing this, guys. I appreciate you guys um coming on. So again, plug your shows, plug what you're doing. I'll start with you first, uh Robin, and we'll just go around. Well, of course, tea time with Robin. Um, we <laughs> record on Thursdays and it drops on Fridays, and we're just getting our flow going, I think and going to tackle a lot of other kinds of issues uh, leading up to the draft and during the off season. I do want to mention just one thing for our fan base, Buffalo fan base blog. If you're interested in learning about who the bills are scouting and et cetera, in terms of et cetera, lots of et cetera, Dean Kindig, he's a great follow on Twitter. He's TC bills underscore Astro. Don't ask me why. Um, (laughs) But he does an incredible amount of research. It's his hobby. He's retired and he has done this for about 20 years. So if if you're following anybody for for draft information and unique draft information, because like I said, he goes through interviews, like 200 interviews and scouts them for whether or not they would be a fit in in being in McDermott's kind of culture. Mm-hmm. So that that's an added consideration because they have said there are certain players they just won't draft no matter how good they are. 
So he kind of goes through all of that. So that's what we're doing. Yes. All righty. Whoever. Uh, well, follow me on Twitter. We post some fun Bill stuff on there sometimes. Yes. I'm usually in spaces with like Whittle and LaShawn. I've been taking a little break because of all the stuff going in my life. But usually I'm there. We talk a lot of Bills. We talk a lot of just NFL. So when I come on spaces, it's, it's a fun time. I get a little rowdy sometimes. but it's, Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm usually doing on Twitter. Love it. All right. And y'all can follow me on Twitter at Sarah, S-A-R-A underscore Larson. And uh, catch me on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. with Jerry Ostrowski for the three-man rush, which is going to become uh, line to gain probably within that. the next 30 days. I definitely okay. love that uh, that title, that podcast title. Um, I am T. Uh, follow me if you like. If you don't, that's cool, too. I am... <laughs> I'm on the Building Buffalo Network. I have a podcast with Mike. It's not your average podcast in the 716. Also with Robin. Tea Time with Robin. It drops on Fridays. Um, I'll go live. I'm sorry. I go live with Not Your Average Podcast at 2 o'clock on the Building Buffalo Network Facebook page. Come on over and say hi. We chill. We don't, we're not too serious. We just talk. We just talk. Bills. <laughs> that is it. Okay. But <laughs> thank you, ladies. I appreciate you. you coming on. And thank we're going to do it again. We're definitely yes. going to do this again. All right. Sounds good. All right, y'all. And always, it's always Go, go Bills. Bills. Go Bills.